0: Alrighty, everybody. Welcome back. It's Daily DVR. Today is Thursday, December 28th, 2023. Perhaps the last podcast of the year until tonight when Around the Couch is recorded. But without me, because I'll be watching the Jets versus the Browns. Solo is driving. Folo is recording. We're here to chat some TV, film stuff we've been seeing. How you doing, buddy?
1: I am doing fantastic, Axel. That is weird. That's right. New Year's Eve is upon us. Yep. This would this this'll be it. This'll be it. This and around the couch, and then unless you do some Thack Daddy, Lou stops by <laughs> special pod on Sunday. Oh, Jeremy stops by, that's
0: cool Yeah. No, I it. don't I don't think so. I think this is probably okay. gonna be it until the end of the until the new year comes and of course we've got our our top 10 TV of the year, which I think we're going to do the second or third week of January. I don't know. I think we talked about it, but we're, we're going to have to figure out a time and a date for that one.
1: Right. And I think that's good doing it in January because there's some, you know, shows people, of course, nowadays people watch stuff on their own time. And I, I was watching a big bang theory episode and they wanted to talk about shows, and they're like, oh, no, I'm three behind. What about this one? No, I haven't started the season yet. And that just shows you the difference of TV nowadays, where before, I mean, when you have the Game of Thrones on a Sunday night or something like that, but now with some of these amazing shows and stuff on streaming, people are watching it all at different times.
0: Yeah. Yeah, totally. And you know, one of the things I've noticed lately with two shows in particular, um, the bear on Hulu, or I guess FX on Hulu and poker face on Peacock, my wife and I have taken months to watch uh, it's one season of Poker Face, and it's two seasons of The Bear. But I think we started The Bear like seven months ago, the first season. It's already the second season is over. And maybe the second season was going at that time. Now we're on to the second season. You can really take your time with some shows. I I, I honestly feel especially a show like The Bear. I, you Have you watched that yet?
1: No, I haven't yet
0: you're gonna love it dude i'm telling you solo sit down one time and just put it on it's gonna take you away but like us it might it's a very heavy show i mean it is it gets really deep and dark and it's also so frenetic and that's it's almost like watching one episode of that show i need like a week or two to recover from from those characters it's so it's so well but that's because you care so much you know so it's weird i've never experienced that with the show before that it's taken us so long to watch it but it's not that i don't love it it's just it's it's like the show is just like it's too much you know It, it just overwhelms you um, I don't know much. Yeah. but I actually I have recently read that they said the third season is going to chill out. That they realize yeah. that it's like a, it can be a bit too much sometimes, and that the third season is going to be more about is going to be a little happier and lighter, maybe a little funnier. Um, but yeah, that's a tough one. And have you finished Poker Face on Peacock?
1: Oh yeah, so I did that. Gosh, I guess it was several, several months ago. Uh, cause I know Ando had mentioned it and I I knew about it, but I didn't have Peacock. Then I was able to get it through a friend, uh, shout out Johnny John. Uh, and so we did it and I freaking loved poker face. Now I I just, I didn't know exactly how the show was going to go, especially at the beginning Mm -hmm. when you have like a murder and stuff going on, but I didn't realize, um, how it was going to be structured and then, and then it gets to a point where you're, you're looking for where, uh, our poker face girl, I can't remember her name, uh, shows up. Like, what is she going to do? Yes. Oh, she's working yeah, this Natasha job. Leon. And so, yeah, yes. Yeah. Um, but I, I, really enjoyed it. Um, and it was something, I guess for the time it was like a show, like I want, it was like, cause it's like Columbo meets kind of, I don't know, with, with the comedy, but it's well done. And it's good to see my boy Tim Russ from Star City Murders on an episode. Uh that, that one was creepy. Yeah. His, he was uh,
0: great, dude. He was fantastic. Yeah. Uh that was I, I mean, he's a great actor and, and he should be in a lot more stuff. Um but yeah, poker face, we just finished last night. I guess there's ten episodes, so we finished episode nine. And I was kind of blown away. That is a fantastic. It's a a great first season of TV. I'd be interested to, I feel the same way a little bit about Poker Face as I did about the entire run of Atlanta, which is I always wanted to see could Donald Glover and his, I guess his brother, and also I think his name is Hero, the guy who directs a lot of it. Could they actually sustain a storyline for multiple episodes and give us a real season of TV, which they never did? I love Atlanta; it's a great show, but for what it is, it's always going to belong in a different category because it does not. The characterizations just are not sustained. the The Mm. subject of each episode is more important. Than than, right, than the right. arcs and I and and with Poker Face, it's different because it's a throwback. But I would love to see Ryan Johnson. I mean, he did some of the best episodes ever Breaking Bad directing. But I'd love to see him write and direct a full season of TV that has a sustained plot. Um, but I do mm. like Natasha Leone is a little annoying. Her shtick gets tiresome to me a little. Hey, I, I don't know what it is. She talks like she kind of has a New York accent, but she also kind of sounds like she's from the 1930s or 40s at the same yeah, time. Like Milton Berle. Yes. I don't, I don't Burns Exactly. Yeah. She's like, hi. Hey. it's like, she's got a cigar in her mouth or something while she's talking. And she's so straight, like, but she is kind of captivating to watch in her. When she was younger, I thought she was an interesting kind of quirky actress, but as she's gotten older, she really has become almost like this. I don't know. In in a, in a way, she kind well, of reminds me of like Liza Minnelli or something. She's just this weird right. character.
1: That's interesting because what's funny was because when I saw the previews for a poker face and they, they someone says something like, oh, you, you
0: Oh, we lost you there, Solo.
1: <laughs> Gambling. She's like, nah. I was like, I'm not going to watch this. And then and oh, you lost me?
0: Yeah, what did you say? <laughs> it was kind of funny, oh. though. You, oh. were like, you said it, and you were like, Ch-ch-ch-ch-ch. it kind of messed up. It
1: kind of sounded oh, cool. Oh, sorry. I That's am okay. traveling from hey. Long Beach back That's to right. Burbank. So, no, I was saying, um, I, I remember seeing the trailers and the promos for Poker Face. And I, I was like, I don't know. And then she says this one line, where I think her friend or something is like, you know, you should gambling, you should do it professionally. She's like, nah. And I was like, okay, what's what's up with this? <laughs> but then, but then the Ando was like, dude, poker face is great. I think we it was on his top ten or at least an honorable mention on his list last year. So I was like, you know what? I got some peacock. Uh, let me let's try it. And then boom, I was like in. Like I loved her right off the bat. And I love the episode when she's at like the old folks home and she's dressing like an old lady. She's got the glasses with the, you know, the chains on them and the old sweaters. And it's so like, they don't mention anything. She just dresses up like that. You know, there's a lot of cool stuff like that, that really captivated me. And I really love murder mystery. Who done it? Yeah. I just, I thought, I thought poker face was fantastic.
0: Yeah. I'm it's funny because we didn't watch it for so long. And then we kept on yeah. seeing her fucking gap commercials where she's like, yeah, I stole the sled. It was cheap or something, you know? like, <laughs> yes. Oh yeah.
1: She's like, the, she's like the, one of the Marx brothers. Yes. Like exactly. uh, Groucho Marx. She's like, Hey, what a, that, no paper here, paper
0: here. That is a perfect, you're right. She is, she's, uh. She is like a Marx brother. But then we decided to watch it. And then after watching that episode, I was like, you know what, honey? I really loved this season. This was really great. But it's just like the bear. I felt like I can only take a little of her at once. I can't watch her for too long because she really, she reminds me of one, like of Jennifer Jason Lee, another actress who does that forties thirties thing. Like all the fucking, it's just strange to me. And for some, like this season of Fargo, I think I'm out. I just, I don't know. I'm sick of
1: Fargo. not really into it. It's yeah. the
0: same shit. It's like, I know it's good. I know the acting's good. I know it's interesting, but it is the same shit. It is like literally the same as season one and two. And yeah, they throw different plot points, of course, are different, but it's just the beats are the same. It's got the same cut, kind of like weird killer. It just, and it's all derivative from the movie. It just still I don't know. Noah Howley. I think that's how you pronounce his name.
1: He kind of sounds right for our pod.
0: Yeah, there you go. I, I, he's such a talented guy. And I know this dude writes novels. He he writes and directs uh, film and TV, mostly TV. But th- this this Fargo thing, he's got to stop. I, I really feel like <laughs> honestly, because he's becoming like ryan murphy by accident like ryan murphy purposefully does like kitschy and weird like casting kim kardashian or that's his thing you know what i mean he's like he kind of belongs to that like john waters aesthetic but he's noah howley's supposed to be like a, a really solid writer director and i know there's some people who absolutely love fargo I'm watching every episode and I'm like, this is so fucking derivative. Like I just don't, it's just, I, oh, it almost made, I'm getting like angry thinking about it solo. I don't yeah, know you why. are.
1: Just stop getting angry. I, don't, uh, you're going to make me drive angry. Like I, Nick Cage.
0: I'm getting pumped, but at least I can say the thing that I can, I think my energy is really coming from just being excited that he's already shooting a whole aliens TV show which I think is right. going to be amazing. So everything I've heard about that is spot on. Awesome. Super cool. So to see him do something much like he, when he did Legion to see him do something different, I hope that this is like, right. just stop doing Fargo dude. You played it out.
1: Well, my Fargo take on this season is I, I like the fact that Fargo isn't like every season you have to wait. Yeah. And, When I first started, I was like, okay, I'm back into this world. You betcha. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, in the first two episodes I thought were fantastic. They honestly, it was like, I mean, the stuff at the drugstore, the shootout that I was like, wow. But then every episode after that, I kind of started getting a little bored. I feel like it's dragging and it is kind of the same old thing. Um, it shot well. It looks great. The acting's great, but I just feel like it's taken too long to develop after those first two great episodes. And it just, I, and I, I'm honestly, I cannot stand Jason, Jennifer, Jason Lee's. 1940s accent. Thank you. Yeah, yes, Carl. What you Come over here. God, it's so annoying.
0: Thank you so Oh uh, my
1: God. I'm, see, and it doesn't fit at all. Nope, it doesn't. It doesn't fit at all. I mean, I love Jennifer Jason Lee, don't get me wrong, but, and she's, per, I, she, why do that voice? Like, I don't know.
0: I don't know, man. It just I,
1: annoys me.
0: She did that movie about the Algonquin Round Table back in the day. You know the writers, and and she—I can't remember. If she played, and she did a couple movies like that. It's like maybe she just thinks she she thinks it's funny, or but it sound it's so weird too because she also is kind of trying to do like the Minnesota thing at the same time. It just doesn't work. A,
1: every twelve words, you you, you see yeah. the attempt. It just. Yeah, And then right. honestly, I guess some people are big Dave Foley fans, you know, kids in the <laughs> hall, whatever. I'm not a huge, I don't know. I don't think he's has brought anything special to the role, but he fits the role. Yeah. he does. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like he fits it. I almost feel like they've restricted Dave Foley because,
0: you know, I, you the know, eye patch was his idea. 100% that He's was his be, idea. You know, he showed up be. the first day with an eye patch and it's because one of the other <laughs> kids in the hall told, like, told him to wear an eye patch. They were like, Dave, you he should wear an eye patch. Kid. And he was like, okay, so I did it. I love Dave Foley. The thing that I think he fits in, in this show is he does have in real life too, the rep of being kind of skeevy like, uh, he kind of, he always admits to it cause I'm a huge kids in the hall fan. And whenever I read their book and everything, uh, well, the book actually that Mike Myers brother wrote about the kids in the hall. Cause Mike oh, Myers wow. brother is a DJ and radio host who also is kind of a historian of Canadian comedy. And, um, I think he did something on oh, SCTV as well, but, uh, and they did that what two or three it was strangely like a three or two part docu series on showtime when it should have just been one movie but i don't know you know that's what they do now but i love the kids in the hall they dave foley but you're right everything i just feel oh, like- your brother yeah there dave you go foley. Uh, he is a foley you gotta like him i just think you're yeah i'm glad you agree with me i'm glad i'm not the only one who thinks it's the same thing like you can't oh, and deny then they the quality add that- though it's great it's quality but it's just the same shit
1: again are you annoyed cuz like they yeah they they did that thing with that hitman all of a sudden like 1498 and
0: he's Yes they did like this before they did weird yeah, shit I know. like that
1: it's I- weird and so I was like and then do, do you get an I, I guess I get annoyed like I found out it was a, he was a sin eater but I didn't get that from the show I was listening to a pod that happened to talk about it are you annoyed do you get annoyed or is that I know you're kind of involved in a lot of stuff like that, where you'll, you know, (laughs) like me, listen to pods. But like, I'm just like, I didn't know what the hell was happening. Like, my wife, who doesn't listen to podcasts, is like, what the heck? And then I listen to a pod, I'm like, oh, it's a sin eater. It's some ritual. And I'm like, when were we? I mean, unless they explain it in the last episode, I just, I guess I get annoyed that I have to listen to a pod to get the proper information.
0: Um, uh, at times. Yeah, I agree. And that's one of the things, that's one of the kind of, um, I, I don't know, repetitive things of Fargo that annoys me a little bit is the kind of like obtuseness and acting mysterious. They, there is, a, there is it, it does have like True Detective, which we're going to be covering everyone. Yes. It, it does have like always a tinge of the occult or the surreal to it. And mm-hmm. I that aspect is interesting, but even as I'm watching it, right, I'm watching it kind of knowing this isn't really got not gonna go anywhere, you know what I yeah. mean like and I, I,
1: and I'm kind of annoyed with that character too, like he just I don't know he just like it, it's 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 almost like and and again, this could be the allure or the you know why Fargo is so different, but like you get these characters that don't fit in and there's probably a reason why they don't and they're annoying and it's like just get to it like i'm okay with a slow burn and, and taking time but man sometimes i'm just like why? why why is this guy preaching to the stranger things kid and you know i just i don't know it's man. just a little much for me um but <laughs> i'll finish it i'll finish it i'll watch it it's fargo um, I've really loved the the former seasons a lot, um, you know. So, I, 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 there's always good aspects of it. So, yeah, definitely. it is what it is. And I love me some John Hamm. I love me some Hamm.
0: Yes. Well, I'll make a quick. I don't think you're watching or have watched the morning show on Apple TV. Have you? I have not. No, okay.
1: no.
0: Um, my wife and I watched the first season. It was. Ridiculously over dramatic and self serious. The second season continued that about halfway through the second season, though, it's almost like they realized how fucking ridiculous the show was and they started leaning into it. And the third season, it became a much better show. It's still overly ridiculous, it tries to deal with social and cultural issues in the united states and it basically makes everybody look like an idiot which is probably the right thing to do <laughs> but it, <laughs> it, it's very silly but i've been enjoying it lately i just wanted to mention it um i don't know if it's i don't i do not think it's going to end up on like my 10 best list or anything though it is very watchable and jennifer Aniston's great in it Reese Witherspoon is okay. She seems to not be as involved with the show. Now, a lot of other characters have kind of taken up more space than her. Um, but Billy Crudup is great. Great acting, looks great, but it's just it's it's kind of it's kind of silly. I just wanted to mention it because I have been watching it. But I before we forget, solo. Um, oh,
1: before we forget,
0: we did a little podcast that didn't come out too good. Oh yeah. <laughs> Sound quality issues my fault. But we talked about Leave the World Behind. The um uh what's his name? Uh Sam, Sam Esmael
1: Esmail. Esmail film Not Rocket
0: Ismael. Like Ismael. Oh god, man. he was great. I love the Rocket. That was on Netflix. It recently came out a couple weeks ago, maybe a month ago. Julia Roberts, Mahershala Ali, Kevin Bacon um what's the other dude uh ethan hawk oh ethan
1: hawk maybe
0: ethan hawk very stellar cast by now i think most people who are gonna see it have seen it being that it's a streaming thing so let's talk a little spoilers on it uh because we did get into it if you don't want to hear about that you know fast forward the pod a little bit because the first thing i'm going to say is i really do think that and we talked about this the first time, but we're gonna pretend like nobody heard that because they
1: didn't. Let's just pretend. Yes. Like I, I don't I don't even remember what the hell we talked about. <laughs> I don't even remember. We ne- that
0: wasn't us. I don't remember who I talked about
1: that. That way. wasn't us. I think that was Lachlan, one of his buddies making fun of was. us doing the
0: pod. I think Zack yeah. Snyder called me and I chatted with him about it. Um love that guy. Uh so it is best in my opinion, I do really think that this is a film that exemplifies going in cold, not watching trailers too much, not reading too much, not listening to spoilers or whatever, just going in, watching the movie. I really loved it. I know by now there has been kind of mixed reviews, but I think overwhelmingly people who were unspoiled on Finding really like it, and people who kind of knew what they were getting into more, have more of the attitude of, oh, whatever. It didn't really, nothing happened, or it didn't really surprise me. I was captivated the entire time.
1: Now I'm going under an underpass. So let me know if, you, if I lose you.
0: Ooh, underpass. Can you hear me? I can hear. Can you hear you me now? Uh-huh. The underpass is gone. I'm gonna
1: make. I'm gonna make a bold statement right now. Ooh, ooh, let's hear it. Live on daily DVR. Yeah, baby. I honestly think this is one of the best movies in the last, like, 15 years. Whoa! This movie is in my, officially, in somewhere in my top 500 films of all time. I freaking loved this movie. And more and more after I watched it, I loved it even more. I went in, because you said go in cold, don't look, so I didn't know a thing. And my wife was upset. She's like, i like to read synopsis. I'm like, no, we're going in. We're going in and we're going to freaking just do this. It was one of the greatest ex- home viewing experiences I've ever had. Not knowing mm-hmm. what was happening, not n- at all, always second guessing it. And I felt like it was the old days of going into the theater and being on the edge of your seat and enjoying, mm-hmm. enjoying and wondering what's going on. We've missed that experience so much oh, man. because of social media and we have access to everything and interviews and things are jammed down our throats. And this, I didn't even know was coming out. You told me about it. I saw Julia Roberts and our good friend Rocket Ishmael. And I'm like, I'm in. And I freaking thought this was a great commentary on, life that we're going through now. But the one thing I loved, Axel, was it didn't concentrate and do like a like a 2012 movie where it's focusing on, you know, the military and everything going around the world and explosions and shit. This centered around like six people and the... How it had affected them not knowing someone kind of knows Marshall Ali like knows something and just the way these characters interact in this home, I thought was just the perfect way to do this film. And I freaking love the ending. I thought it was brilliant, and I thought this movie was brilliant.
0: I love your review and I totally agree with you. Recently thinking about this movie. It reminded me of when I was maybe 11 or 12 years old and I opened up a newspaper on a Thursday morning, the Star Ledger, and I saw this big ad and it had a Christmas box, like a a gift, and a little hand of some kind of creature coming out of it. And it said, Gremlins. And then it said special early engagements, and one of them was at the Blue Star Theater in watch And I convinced my mom to take me, and she dropped me off by, by myself back in the. My mom used to just drop me off when I was like nine years old, and I'd be oh, places the for days. hours. I didn't yep. even have a phone, right, or any money to call her, and um, she would like buy me the popcorn and everything. I would go in, then she'd be like, "See you in a couple hours." And I was mesmerized. knew nothing about what I was going to see, absolutely nothing. And that's you're right. I really think it was a part of the experience of the film. And I love the way they never, t- like you said, they don't they don't pull away from the characters. They concentrate on the characters. There's a lot of social, cultural, racial, sexual politics that are go that go on, and that are in there really to fuck with you right yeah. like they're just really there to fuck with you like julia roberts getting all pissy and kind of acting a bit a little racist there when they're coming in in the beginning you interpret it that way and then as the movie progresses you kind of seek to yourself oh no that's just the person she is she would have been like that if it was two white people that came to the door
1: right Yeah, she has her children. She's uh, strangers come to the door. Doesn't matter, you know what race they are. Yeah, it's the middle of the night. She just hates people too. (laughs) Yeah, she just hates light. (laughs) She hates the world and hates fucking people, as she says. Yeah,
0: and that's that's what really set me from the very beginning when it starts. And there's kind of like, um, it's more of like orchestrated score. And you see this apartment and sure the, the crack on the wall behind Ethan Hawke as he's laying in bed and she's packing the clothes. And it seems like, Oh, cause I do again. I didn't really know what this movie was about. I was like, okay, what's happening here. Right. And, it's oh, this is the tone of the film? Interesting. And then all of a sudden she just looks at him and goes, I fucking hate people. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. And then the music starts and the and the intro, which is full of a lot of interesting uh visuals that reflect the film, but also political and social things that are gonna make kind of make you pay attention, you know, trigger you. Like it has a lot of purposeful trigger stuff in it which i think is right. really smart it was great I, I i absolutely loved it i don't know if i agree that it's one of the best films of the past 15 years but i that's will fine. say
1: that's, that's okay that's okay it
0: that's is, a bold
1: statement by me
0: it is a bold statement but it, it was one of my it, i will say that it does rank among one it would be on a list i think of uh, um, experiences that I've had watching. a thing, Right.
1: And I know? incorporate that with it, the experience I had. Cause yeah. like I said, I don't have these experiences hardly at all. And you know, when I, we go to the theater and try to have it, there's very limited in these movies that are being released. Doesn't have, I mean, I go see mission impossible. i I'm, and I'm excited. I love seeing my boy, Tom Cruise do things and it's fun, but like that, that, that feeling I got when I watched Seven or Shawshank in the movie theater, Fight Club, Yeah. another one of my favorites. Like, it just, for me, personally, I, I just, it really stuck with me. And even the Kevin Bacon character wearing a Dallas Cowboys hat, I love, but I don't know what Sam's saying about people from Texas. But, um, like, Kevin Bacon being that, like, it's, you know, we got to defend our own, Even you know, even Omar Mahershala Lee's like, you know me. He's like... We're in crisis, you know, he's, he's protecting his own and, but he, when he talks about the drones dropping, um, you know, like the, uh, the, the ads that, uh, what, what do you call those? Like promotion, I don't know if it was promotional things, but it was things with, you know, the middle Eastern writing, like saying like, oh, yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The, the leaf
1: and his buddy, the leaflets and then. His, he goes. Well, my buddy in San Diego said it was from Korea. So it's, and he says this. He goes, it could be both. We made a lot of enemies. You know, America has made a lot of enemies through the years, and that freaking hit me hard. Like, holy crap! Um, you know, what if, you know, countries banded together and attacked us or try, you, you know. And I mean, and, and think about this, like the Ethan Hawke character, I thought Ethan Hawke was great. He wasn't like the hero, the super, he was a dad, you know, LA college or not LA city college professor and, you know, had his, you know, things, but he wasn't like the perfect person. He wasn't, like I said, a superhero, but he was such a vulnerable and likable character. But even he goes like without GPS, I can't, I I'm useless without my phone. I'm useless. And think about that. How many people you take your phones away and the internet, how many people would go freaking crazy? There we I mean, we as a society are dependent on that. Right now I'm using GPS to get home, even though I know the way home, I like to see how long I have and if they you know if there's a better route. But like we're so dependent on technology that if it came crashing down, who would be able to survive? I mean, yep. there's no be no Uber Eats axle for people. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we couldn't watch people on YouTube and TikTok wave their hands incessantly speak in super <laughs> high voices and act like they're anime cartoon characters, uh-huh. you know? I can't... Every I mean, because... You're, you're right, though, Solo. We are incredibly dependent on technology. And, you know, obviously, that's a thing that is... A popular sentiment and we do have like the Kevin Bacon character people who are like preppers like doomsday preppers, you know, right, but it totally made me think, you know, we moved into our new house and we and they left us like an old refrigerator in the garage and like, oh my gosh, we have an extra refrigerator and the first thing we kind of think is and we're up like a little bit on a hill. So like, oh Mm -hmm. man we better stock up now, right? It's like, and then <laughs> I'm watching this movie and I'm like, I turn to my wife and we're both like, actually, the movie ends, right? Usually she goes to bed because she goes to bed early and I usually stay up real late. And I kind of came back to the bedroom and I was like, you know, Han, I was thinking, and she's like, we got to stock up. And then we both started laughing. <laughs> we're like, yeah, this movie oh, really great. makes you think that way. And the technology part two made me think about my kid, you know, and the world he's growing up in and what the future, you know, we think about like AI and stuff like that. And especially the part in the movie where all the Teslas are purposefully oh, blocking the roads.
1: Fucking amazing. Which
0: is like another freaking Elon Musk thing that nobody thinks about. Like everyone's like, oh, great, we have. There is, a, there is a smart thing to not just say, oh, great, we have electric cars. That's so great for the environment and society. It's like, hey, you have to think like the second steps, what it means to give up control of, of our automobiles. We've all grown up hearing when you first get to drive, you hear like, this is a 10,000 pound murder machine. Right? Like, even if you're going three miles an hour and you hit something, you can hurt yourself and kill somebody. And then to think, uh, it just made me think of so. He just really did a great job of making you think of so many possible reasons for why what was happening was happening and what that meant to you. And what it meant to the world and our society and and what times right. we're in without answering it in such a good way. And there's been a lot made about the end of the movie where she finds the Friends DVD and starts watching Physical
1: it. media, baby. Physical That's media. what my wife and I said. Said, we're stuck because yep. I have a huge physical media yep. collection. I'm like, well, at least... You know, we can watch it, but if the power's out, we're screwed. But yeah.
0: I thought that was great. I thought it was wonderful. Was it predictable? Completely. As soon as she got to the house, as soon as she saw that house in the distance, the first time when she was with her brother in the woods and they see right. that house, I said to myself, she's going to find a friend's DVD there. Like, that, because that's all the character talked about. Right.
1: Yeah, like, and that's how she coped with this, yeah. and that was her. I mean, you know, teenagers, the brother trying to whack off to a pitcher, and you know,
0: like,
1: <laughs> you know, it's just like you know, kids. They, you know, you are thinking of different things, and her thing was, I just want to see the end of Friends, <laughs> you know.
0: Yeah. Well, it says a lot too, because I, like I was thinking about my kid is like the way that the world is ending, but you're still sucked in right like the technology the the content is still the king um in a way that did remind me of uh what's it called again station the hbo show i always forget station 11 where the whole world falls apart but what becomes important to people is theater and stories and stuff and i think in a way that made that poignant as well it wasn't just the kids addicted to you know her phone or her screen or whatever it was also like no matter what happens human beings are compelled to imagine right it's just like who we are even in the worst circumstances our minds take over we start imagining possibilities and we also find solace in stories and shared experiences. So I thought it was right. kind of beautiful, I, actually. A lot be, of people didn't like yeah, it. But.
1: and being able to relate, like one of the,
0: Go yeah, ahead.
1: one of the reasons you know, like we get lost in different TV shows and movies. We we start to really it's just to heal from a breakup, or yeah. you know what I mean, like yep. just or like characters that just really like resonate with me and I, I you know and so i mean i'll never forget the emotions my wife felt when spoiler alert for game of thrones when john snow stabs khaleesi
0: <laughs> oh, like damn he went for the big spoiler there
1: baby. yeah right <laughs> well if you ever watch game of thrones by now and listen to it then
0: i know. know at the same time while you, well, you I, wouldn't you i was sitting there going are, the whole show i was sitting there going fucking killer 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 I was just when he did it, I was so that that's what shows you, right? Like how you can have, like we're talking about two different people who, Hey, we both love solo. So we got to have something in common. Right. And we have totally different, you get different views on it, right? Where she was kind of heartbroken and sees the tragedy of it. Whereas I, at that time, had uh, I had just been prepared for this, for her to be the bad girl, the evil character in the show, and uh, yeah. kind of came to fruition. Man, I still will have arguments with people about that. It's just one thing: if you call dragons your children and then you use them in war, you're not a good mom. That's all. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? You're not a good mom. Game all of right. Thrones. Solo, do you want to keep it moving? Have you seen yeah. Zack Snyder's Rebel Moon Part 1 something blah, 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 something? The <laughs> the pain giver, the rain maker, some shit he titled. I don't
1: I don't yes, know. I have. Oh, yes, God.
0: Have. Oh, I'm so happy you watch this movie. Um, <laughs> This is making this podcast so fun, buddy. This is old school. I want to hear what you this is have old school, to baby. say. Yeah. What do you have to say about... The first part, and not only, let's clarify this, okay? Because you know I have a love-hate relationship with Zack Snyder. I'll watch anything he does. I'll dissect it. But I also think he's kind of a terrible director. Even though he's a very competent, terrible director. And he knows exactly right. what he's doing. Well, um, he's
1: confident that he just destroyed the DC universe. I yes, mean, he's very, and pretty confident about that.
0: Very confident man, as are his super fans. Yeah. Um, I don't even remember what I was going to say. What, what do you have to Rebel, say? <laughs> R- Oh, that's right. It's Rebel, Rebel Moon. Moon Part 1 of 2. But it's not just Part 1 of 2, because before Part 2 comes out, he's going to release an R-rated director's cut of a movie that had no editing in it because Netflix told him he could do anything he wanted. So he purposefully made himself make a PG-13 version so more people could see it on streaming and then made an R-rated version that's like twice as long and is supposed to be more like heavy metal, you know, that old comic Mm -hmm. book and cartoon. So we're going to actually get four movies. Each one is going to have a separate director's cut R-rated version. Oh, yeah. So you're gonna well, have to, if you want to talk about the second one, we both have to watch the whole movie again, except with even more ridiculous. Um, yeah, we'll see stuff. what
1: happens. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I hmm. I I, in, I enjoyed the experience. It was fun but i have of course a lot of problems with it i just felt like that it stole it took too much from other like every single sci-fi <laughs> or fantasy type thing um it you know it, it was like ocean's 11 trying to be star wars but has you know you know japanese samurais I, yep i just I don't know if
0: Magnificent 7
1: Yeah, it has everything. Firefly. There. Um but yeah, Firefly too. But at the same time it's like when you're trying to create a world like this. Now, is this from a property or just no. from the mind of Zack Snyder?
0: Well, I believe that I don't know. I mean, God, this guy just lives to do interviews. He's like the he's like kind of like Kevin Smith, right? Like he, I don't. He probably has a podcast where he just talks about himself all day. But I think it was his idea for it was originally his a pitch he had for when they were opening up Star Wars to any story right? Remember back then, like when they first got the Star Wars stuff and they said, we're listening to anyone. And this was his pitch where he was going to be like, she, I guess, was supposed to be a Jedi. Cause that's the one thing that's missing. I don't, they don't really get into the magical powers. I guess this girl who I don't, who I guess was the King's daughter who she obviously killed the king right i mean come on like no spoiler alert obviously right like she was like the right hand man of the king or something uh, anyway I don't, I don't even remember what we were talking know, about this I movie makes no sense <laughs> but it was fun well, to watch i agree i i no, kind yeah, of it enjoyed fun. it
1: yeah i enjoyed it. it was fun to watch but it it's nothing you know oh my god you know, and it's tough to create a world like this. Yeah. Without. Oh, that's what I was saying solo.
0: It was his star oh. Wars pitch, but then other people wrote the script. Sorry.
1: Uh, okay. Oh, so he was pitching, pitching this as a star Wars property and yeah. they didn't want it or whatever. So he did his own thing. Okay. Exactly. That makes a lot of sense. Um, cause it definitely could be, I, I, I don't know. Like I loved Charlie Hunnam, but he just didn't, I guess it didn't. Fit. It, it, I, I just think he was miscast in this. Yeah. You know, the the other guys that like the I'm so glad the Japanese warrior took that stupid hat off
0: when she's walking around like she's
1: <laughs> that top hat. What was that whole sequence I just, solo? I don't know. I, don't, they, I was like, what?
0: Man, look, I have heard so many excuses for this movie. Zack Snyder fans are rabid and crazy and there's a podcast you know we've had our friend julian on from tower of babel i love listening to him you know he talks with his buddy jeremy they're like us they just kind of chat you know they know a lot about stuff and jeremy is definitely a bit more in takes this stuff a little bit more seriously as real film or art and uh it's question i mean that's where it I leave this. Like if you like Zack Snyder and you like comic book stuff and you think, yeah, he's fun. It's kind of cool. You know, he tries, but generally speaking, it's aimed at like a 13 year old boy who just got his first boner. You know what I'm saying? Like,
1: yeah. Yeah. If I was 13 years old, I'd probably love oh, this shit.
0: I would be die And then, and, but being as we are today, socially, culturally, Geeks rule the world and, you know, hey, Lego guy shouldn't say anything about that doing a podcast <laughs> in Portland. But um it just gets taken to a level that's ridiculous. Like the depth at which he explains stupid shit that goes on in the films. I don't I begin to think that he is not serious, Uh, but maybe he is. And now Christopher Nolan kind of comes out. And I guess they're buddies. And that makes sense to me because I think they both have about the same level of human characterization in their films. And I love Christopher Nolan, but the guy cannot write human beings like he. I I mean, did you see Oppenheimer? Were you a fan? Did you like Oppenheimer?
1: See, I was. I was a big fan of Oppenheimer.
0: Did you think that the characters? Do you? As an actor, do you think that the, that the characters came from the actors or from the script and the direction?
1: Oh, from from the from the actors.
0: Okay, so then we can I mean, agree I mean, on that, right? Because I don't. Yeah, think we I'm... can
1: agree. On, we can agree on that, yeah. and and that's definitely a great point. Uh, but yeah, no, Robert Downey Jr., Killian Murphy. I mean, um, I, I mean, the bunch of other actors. I'm you know, the, the black widow girl from Florence Pugh. Um, but like, yeah, I mean, you could tell they made, <laughs> they made the show, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, the actors did that.
0: Yeah. And that's oh. for me and, and Oppenheimer. Oh, we could talk about Oppenheimer too. Cause I don't know how much we have to talk about rebel moon unless to say, like you, No,
1: said. I just want to say, I just want to say I enjoyed it. Um, but you know i don't think it was the greatest thing since you know the dvr podcasting network <laughs> yeah, was created but, but but no i it, it was good i'm glad i didn't go to the movies to see it um but you know I, I enjoyed it i thought there were some cool moments and cool things and um i liked the lead actress i thought she was great um but it, you know it it is what it is i mean yeah it was know. it was decent
0: it at, yeah. for its runtime, it it went by pretty quick. It yeah, has. I, the, I,
1: I thought the action sequences were cool.
0: Yeah, they are pretty um, cool. Some of the CGI was a bit uh,
1: questionable. Well, when they're when they're staring at the sky and stuff, it just feels so much like let's stare at a green screen and yeah, we're gonna paint something. like it was a little. I, I you could tell there's this a little,
0: one part if you remember when there's kind of a cool the ships the ships too are like stolen from other like you know the way yeah. the ships look but it's like going through a bunch of i can't remember it looks like buildings on a planet and it looks really like 90s like uh weird cart like saturday morning kind of cartoon computer animation it and some of it is just not great but i do think some of the vistas are good The guy definitely has a taste for trying to create a visual palette, and it's obvious that he spends far more time on that stuff than he does at allowing me to remember who any of the characters were, including the woman who stars in it, who I kind of felt was like very typical, super thin, rail-thin, um, actiony type yeah. ambiguous ethnicity person. Like it just, I felt she was completely bleh, like just nothing. I will never see her in anything again, I don't think. And I will never miss seeing her. And I don't blame her. Uh, I blame Zack Snyder being more interested in her profile and her nose than in giving her any lines that had any substance or we. You know, you don't find out who she is. Oh, she's running away from something. Then we find out the backstory, which is very predictable, as we're going to find out that she killed the king. I know we are. And probably the daughter, she's got her hit. There's going to be a bunch of stupid shit. It gets kind of jumpy at the end, doesn't it? When they're like, let's get the crew together. And then they just jump, jump, jump. Whereas we spend like 45 minutes learning about this weird ass Viking village. On another planet, <laughs> like, I did not need to spend...
1: Yeah, and, and, it, and just they instantly, like, the, the group they're recruiting, they instantly love, love each other. Yeah,
0: it's... yeah.
1: There, I, there's no dude conflict or no, like, you know, it's just instant, like, we're supposed to not be like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, they all love each other after spending a couple hours together.
0: There's a part in the movie, there's like an action scene, and then it ended, and as soon as it ended, I said to my wife time to go back to the ship and fuck around and meet the characters. And then that's exactly what they did. And (laughs) I just kept on guessing what was going to happen next. And I was right about 99% of the time because it's so formulaic. Um, But Hey, you know what? It gives the internet fodder. Um, There will always be people who think that a very commercial, not great director is like I'm a champion of the world of art I'm trying to think of when we were growing up who is a director that similarly was not very good that people elevated to a higher level maybe Tim Burton but he had he definitely is more talented and can see a vision through better and write better than Zack Snyder he also had classical training uh, in mm-hmm. animation and stuff, I don't know. Could you think of who would be like a yeah, a, a Zack Snyder? A, a di-
1: well, maybe not so much Zack. I, I guess a, a a a director who I really loved his beginning work and thought he would revolutionize a little more is uh, Robert Rodriguez.
0: That's a great. You know what? That's an interesting. I would have to agree with you on that. You are absolutely right. Rodriguez because, just like, ended I love up being a kind of shitty genre director.
1: Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I'm not going to call him shitty because I would love to work with him. But um, <laughs>
0: I don't mean he's shitty. Like, I just mean
1: no. I know, I know what you're saying. I, I mean, I didn't watch the Spy Kids movies, but I'm sure that was a fun and it, yeah, they're it kinda fun. Kind of went that turn, but like Sin City, I love, and Desperado, I love. And, but I just, like, like I expected Hypnotic, the, the recent yes. one with Ben Affleck, yeah. to be, like, I may, like, I still, like, oh, Robert Rodriguez directed yep. this? Oh, let's check yep. it out. And I just feel like the last 10, 15 years, I ha- we haven't gotten anything from him that really, uh, no. you know, and, and I want to because he he was a big, I mean, I, I bought his book, Rebel Without a Crew read that thing in film school and always been a big fan of Robert Rodriguez. And I like the fun machete and stuff like that. But I, you know, I, I, I guess I'm, ex- I was expecting a big, amazing blockbuster or something from him or not even a blockbuster, but something new. Right. You know, yeah. and you know, maybe we got that already from him, you know, and he's just doing whatever, but like, yeah, I, I had higher expectations, I guess for him later in his career. I think um,
0: that, um, you know, I don't think that the, the fan base or anything is, is, they're not similar people, but you are absolute, that is a spot on comparison. I totally agree with you. He is a guy who many people thought he would elevate. It's like Tarantino is a genre director that is also one of the greatest American directors in the history of film. And I, yeah, yeah. I, I am very confident in saying that. I think so. That, Omar,
1: I would back you up on that. Yeah, he, he's my all-time favorite director, and every you know his movies are events and just cool shit. And just he kept it going. He knew he knows what he's good at, and he he got he. You could say he even got better. Um,
0: oh, dude! You know,
1: everything is impeccable.
0: The the framing, yeah. the acting, uh, the blocking, everything. The the, the everything, production the details, design, just, yes. And his film history knowledge is unparalleled, right? Like well, he's yeah, also that, a film that, historian.
1: Yeah, no, and that that gets a check, you know. And I, and I know Robert Rodriguez has worked with Tarantino a lot, and but not came from never, the same time. That's
0: a good but thing. It's like
1: not at that level,
0: dude. We just found it. Christopher Nolan and is to is to Quentin Tarantino. There you go as Robert Rodriguez is to Zack Snyder. They're little buddies who they tout throughout their career and they They probably do it knowing that it just makes them look so much better, <laughs> right? Like every time Christopher Nolan starts talking about superhero films have been shaped by the look of Zack Snyder, which is totally untrue, he, he will make himself look good. Cause then you'll think about how clean and non CGI looking every Christopher Nolan movie is. And it's also right. impeccably framed there. There is you know, a grace to it that Zack Snyder does not have,
1: you know, and, and you know, I'm actually big fans of 300 and the watchman. I know a lot of people don't like the watchman. Um, I didn't read the comics, yeah. but I really like it. I love that movie. I, I just really like the way it's shot. And he really almost had it with Man of Steel. But just mm. some things just didn't go right.
0: That's like, when he started that, going. He, yeah, you're right. That's he he, st- he kind of the
1: beginning of the movie and like yep, when you see the that first trailer stuff.
0: Of, yeah, it was fun.
1: Yeah, like like it was very like, okay, this could be like this Chris Nolan Superman mm-hmm. a little bit. Like, and then it just went oh, off to a Transformers God. movie. Yeah. And and it just, it just lost me. Cause I was like, and I loved Costner in it and Diane Lane. I'm like, all right, got some legit actors. And just like when he showed that first trailer, he just showed like clips of like laundry, like waving in the wind. And different. I'm like, oh my God, this is because <laughs> when I first saw the trailer for Batman Begins, I was like, holy shit, this isn't a Joel Schumacher Batman. This is like Batman as like a real movie, a real film. And that's what those three movies, I absolutely love to death. And I, Man of Steel had that and then it didn't work out. And then Batman versus Superman just was supposed to be the greatest movie ever. didn't work. And then the justice league stuff it turned to, you know, uh, just wasn't, uh, they, they got away from that. So, mm. but the potential was there, I thought.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Lordy, lordy, lordy.
1: Um Lordy, Lordy. do you
0: want to talk a little bit about Oppenheimer?
1: Um let's save Oppenheimer for another oh, day. Okay. Okay. Cuz I'd like I'd like to revisit that and kind of um I, no, no, you know what? Let's talk about Oppenheimer. We're <laughs> we don't here. We have to
0: go so deep. Let's yeah, do it. we can... I yeah. I I you know, my opi- uh, my opinion had been slightly controversial as I am a Nolan fan. Um, I've enjoyed all his films. I do think he's one of the best directors working. I lo- I have watched Tenant um, in particular. I've watched it a million times. I've I mean most of his films I've seen multiple multiple times. I, his Batman movies are on a, a completely different tier than anything that's ever been done in superhero shit. There, it's just it doesn't even count. I don't really feel as superhero movies. What he did there, because I, I, you know, start and how about Memento? We go all the way back, right? People ah, forget.
1: Prestige. Oh
0: man, come on. Um, yeah, Prestige. The following. Remember the following. His first yeah. film.
1: Yeah, oh, I enjoyed that. Yeah.
0: So really love him, but as I found with um the what was the English Channel movie he did again? Dunkirk. Dunkirk. As Brothers. I found with
1: Dunkirk, which again was I didn't love. I didn't love Dunkirk. I liked. I I felt I was l- forcing myself to like. I was acting like I loved it because I love Christopher Nolan and I didn't want to be. <laughs> but I I just the the fact that I had to watch the Darkest Hour with Gary Ullman to make dunkirk more understandable yeah for me
0: yes that they, i they went like. together yeah you're right that's a good they
1: really did. that's really good do. um like oh that's what's going on
0: yeah i, I will <laughs> I, I will say that um i didn't love dunkirk but it was a passable um interesting and extremely well shot kind of war movie an interesting little story oh, yeah. you know I liked it it felt it felt a little personal as you know he is an Englishman um, though his brother speaks with an American accent because I guess his brother went to school in Chicago and went to high school I, I don't know they have a, it's a weird thing that Jonah Nolan huh. talks like he's from California or something and Christopher Nolan talks like he's from Cambridge it's it's very strange but hey, that's brothers for you um it's
1: like me and Gareth yeah exactly different
0: who would have known who would have you thought know? it but I felt with this movie with Dunkirk it was so limited in scope because on purpose and concentrating on a single physical like they had to move the people right? And time was a factor, too, that it played well into the story, that it was okay that I didn't get to know everyone so well and blah, blah, blah. I was kind of along for the ride. I felt Oppenheimer was a complete mess. And I really think, for me, it shows that though an amazing director, Nolan is not yet made... I mean it's hard for me to say it about a guy who was like huge director I just don't think it's the same thing that he stumbled on in with Interstellar. The characters are just to me in no way relatable, empathetic. I don't I don't feel that the the scenes he chooses it just really Oppenheimer to me felt like a guy who makes huge sci-fi blockbuster movies, given it his old college try to make a drama and just failing in every respect. I felt all the women were cardboard. I felt what he chose to talk about with uh, the, the, the events in his life were strange. The last hour of the movie where it just becomes a battle between the Robert Downey Jr. character and and Oppenheimer, and it just keeps flashing back and forth. I just, honestly, I watched it. I enjoyed watching it. It was compelling. It was shot impeccably. The The production design was impeccable. The acting was a great. Killian Murphy should get best actor for that movie. But overall, I felt it was a complete mess and by far his worst film.
1: Oh, shit. That's why you wanted to talk about it.
0: Like I, I mean, and Interstellar for me was very fun. The whole, I just don't think this guy can do emotions. I really don't.
1: Hmm. Interesting. That's funny because I love Interstellar more than Inception.
0: (laughs) (laughs) See, Inception Um, for me, he got the emo. It's because of Leo. Yeah. Wow.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and and that goes back to what you're saying about the actors make making it versus say the writing or direction. Uh, I, I think Chris Nolan technically is absolutely phenomenal, but yeah, there are some problems with characters, but getting top notch actors who can bring it, you know, a normal script or a good script to sound like a great one because they're so good. I mean, you know, it, it's funny. You talk about all this stuff, and I, I guess, I don't know. I just really enjoyed the film. <laughs> I thought it was really good, and uh, I look forward to revisiting it and uh, paying more attention to certain things. I guess I, for some reason I was just so into it, and I enjoyed That's it. That's great. Um, That's
0: great. Yeah. So I'm glad that I you think. Were. I
1: think, too, I think, too, I, you know, I don't know. I think sometimes, you know, if I see what me – if the acting is so good and I really like the actors and the, you know, I, I really get sucked in Definitely. and I and I can, and I can, and and I can dismiss certain things. I mean, you know, they dismiss because I'm following that, you know? Um, so I don't know. It's just, uh, I, I guess I didn't go super deep like you did, but you have a beautiful mind and you have, uh, <laughs> You see things that I don't. Oh, that that. I, I,
0: true. I think that you had the right attitude and at the times at which, and the thing that brought me back to it, cause it did take two sittings to watch it, um, was the was the acting was fantastic. And even Emily Blunt, who I felt her character was written with virtually like paper-thin motivations. It all yeah, had to that, do with that
1: him. I, that that I, I would agree with. That yeah. I would agree with.
0: But she I was still great, though. I wanted that
1: character to be something more in. Um, well, yeah, Emily yeah. Blunt was fantastic.
0: And Killian Murphy. Uh, uh, but you or... right,
1: I would. Yeah, but I'll agree like some. Yeah, like the, yeah.
0: Dude, the I'm like the little... best supporting actor for Matt Damon. He was fantastic in that film. Absolutely fantastic! Yeah. I loved every great. second he was on the screen. He,
1: uh, he's got a special every oh, everyday man. guy kind of vibe. It is he doesn't. Best. He's not too artsy. He's like one of us. He is. You know. He just. Yeah, yeah. He's not he's, really. He's, an, he's not a good-looking really
0: good guy either. He's like kind of good-looking, but he's uh-huh. not. You know.
1: Yeah. No. He's he's rugged. Um. You know. He's not beautiful or anything, but he's got more. <laughs> He's got fantastic personality and he's an everyday guy. The
0: Martian. Yeah. Come on. It's Matt Damon, man.
1: I I, I love Matt Damon. He's a New Englander.
0: Oh, we all knew. Back in the day when it was like Affleck and Damon, I think everyone in their heart knew hey, listen, the ladies might love uh, Affleck. He's like 6'4, tall, big, burly guy, you know, handsome. But we all know who's going to be winning the awards and being the big actor. Is Matt Damon, though Ben Affleck did become a very good director. I will, I yes, will admit he that. Did.
1: He did want an Oscar.
0: He did, he did. Good good film. Um, yeah, yeah, great performances, but for me, and again, this is going back to what we began with, Leave the World Behind. Maybe I had heard too much about it. Maybe my own association, as I've talked about before, my grandfather was very good friends with Oppenheimer. And Albert Einstein and lived with them uh, in Princeton. Actually.
1: Oh, shit, I didn't know that.
0: Oh, I never told you this story? Yeah, my my grandfather. Oh, pretty impressive. He was the um, architect's foreman for the building of the, what's it called? The Firestone Library at Princeton. And that was built like oh, 1947 shit. or 48 to like 50, 51. And while the library was being built, it's a gr- it's it's like you've seen this library before. It's all stone, and basically, my mm-hmm. grandfather was the guy in charge of making sure that the architect's intent was actually played out. So he was uh, he was like basically the architect on the ground, right? And oh, he shit. did help design it as well. But uh, so for the three years that that was built, he lived off and on at Princeton while it was being built at the Institute for Advanced.
1: Did he hang Research out with Dean Cain
0: at Princeton? <laughs> Maybe. No, this was way oh. before. And he okay. Einstein, I think had an apartment cause Oppenheimer lived in that house, but I think Einstein lived separately from his wife and he had an apartment there. And my grandfather lived there with him. That's where he lived. And Jesus. he li- And for a time, Oppenheimer would come over there, but also live there too. And he was going through some of these problems. And my grandfather was very supportive of him. And they were like best friends. And my mom used to have a bunch of letters and shit that they wrote each other and all that stuff. But I think that's mm. gone now. But, can,
1: uh, can I share a little dirty secret with you? Yeah. That will make me sound like an idiot, but I don't care. Yes. Yeah. You know, I honestly, for whatever reason, and I think my wife too, kind of was with me on this, but you know, I, I'm not going to drag her into this because she's not <laughs> a fault. I, for some reason always associated Albert Einstein as not being alive during this time. <laughs> I, th- I thought it I was more turn common. of the century. Yeah. I think
0: that's a common thing that people I, think I was Einstein like, was what, before wait, he was. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I just, you know, and yeah. I'm sure I knew he wasn't. But, like, I'm like, wait a minute. is Einstein was around during, you know, World War Two? Yeah. And I was like, son of a bitch. Yeah. I'm like, like, I guess, I don't know. Maybe I was thinking of Edison. I don't know.
0: Well... I mean, there's the Jersey factor, all the geniuses come from Jersey, but they, the thing or end up there. But I think another thing is (laughs) another thing is that was mentioned in the movie is that I think a reason why a lot of people omit Einstein from that time period is because he was not a part of the Manhattan project and a lot of people question why, but you kind of find out and that he didn't want to be a part of it. I think really is the truth. Um, He didn't want to make a bomb, you know, and I think that that, that's the thing about the, the film that bothers me, too, is that it's it plays like they didn't realize they were making a bomb. They realized they were making a bomb, right? They knew from the beginning that what they made was going to end up killing hundreds of thousands you know many people which ended up killing hundreds of thousand people they knew that right and the the war part the science war part that's where like the christopher nolan kind of macho stuff kind of comes into play and i think that's why this film too turned me off in a certain way um you know i also think that it didn't really it focused more on the post World War II years of Oppenheimer, him being hounded for being a communist, and not him sinking into deep depressions because he felt like he murdered thousands of innocent people, which is what really happened. Brian, so Brian. that's to me was annoying at that's maybe why I thought the last hour of the movie was a kind of like a it was just failure to me. It was another movie because it became like this kind of true crime thing. Oh, we figured out it was the Robert Downey Jr. Character doing it the whole time. And it's like, I, from my understanding and from just do from my own understanding of history, but also some things my mom told me that was not like that was a, that did happen. But the, the people that died in Hiroshima and Nagasaki were much more on his mind than the federal government going after him for being a communist. Right. right. You know? So I think that that was a little bit of a, um, uh, a kind of an annoyance to me as well. But like I said, as with world leave the world behind, maybe if I had not known anything about it, and just watched it, I would have been taken away like you because I did think it was a very watchable film. I just don't think it accomplished right. what it thought it
1: accomplished. Gotcha. Woo. I had a lot to say about that solo. Yeah. You did have a lot to say. I, 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 wow. And, uh, I'm holding it back. Cause I uh, love Nolan on that note. Uh, I, we do have to wrap up the pod. Okay. I'm at my destination, but this is a great, Fun drive, talking, uh, real quick. I, I watched Fear the Night, Maggie Q Ooh, movie. Okay, uh, with uh, Neil LaBoot directed it. Remember in the Company of Men? I sure do. Got to start. Friends and neighbors I spent a lot of uh, years
0: directing some vampire show on USA Network or Sci-Fi oh, or something.
1: Well, uh, it was interesting. It was good. It was fun. I'm glad. You know, it was. I think it was free with Paramount Plus um bachelorette party at a house and shit goes crazy it was a, it was a fun little uh, 90 minute movie i lo- mm-hmm. i love some maggie q mm-hmm. so if you're bored and need just something to kind of watch and think think of a potato peeler that's all i'll say um watch it it's pretty inter- <laughs> it's it's a fun movie
0: but so let's got to throw something in <laughs> it about it but to, always you and the potato peeler solo you know
1: I guess, I, I guess, you know, podcast. my time in the military, peeling potatoes. Mm. Um,
0: well, um, so. I will say this. the I guess the Emmys and the Oscars are coming along, too. I want to give a shout out. You gave one movie. Before we go, I'll just shout very quickly. I think I mentioned it briefly, May, December on Netflix. I don't know if you've seen it yet. I haven't seen it yet. My favorite movie of the year. I fucking love that. I love Todd Haynes, but I think you will. It's good underwear. It's a lot more fun and weird (laughs) than you think it's going to be. It's being advertised as like a deep drama. And actually, it's kind of soapy and kitschy and fun and weird. And based on a real story that we all know. That you kind of figure out. I don't want to spoil it because I think it's kind of fun to figure that out as it's going along. Cool. But cool. you'll love it, Solo. Have fun wherever you are. Thanks, everyone, for listening. DVRpodcast.com. We went an hour and 14 minutes, and Solo, you barely got the disturbance in the force through the phone line. So kudos Amazing. to your phone service, whoever it is. T Mobile. Oh, T Mobile. Wow, is that the one that does that? I don't. Know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, peace out, everybody. Recording has ended.